but instead to be a spirit-led person where it says, what's my spirit? Because the spirit of God is, and, and me, we are one and he lives in me. So what, what's in, the, what, in here? What am I craving? What am I yearning for? And as I learn to yield to the spirit of God, I come into encounter and glory. You know, I've been saying, and I've been saying this deliberately because I believe that the Spirit of God is truly wanting to bring us into the fullness of what He wants to reveal. Yeah. Um, you know, Ephesians chapter 3, I believe it's a prophetic roadmap, 14 to 21, that beautiful apostolic prayer that I've been encouraging you all to pray. Uh, that the Spirit of God would strengthen us with might in our inner being, that we would be rooted and grounded in love, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith, that we'd know the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. The next verse is now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope, or imagine. I believe that as we as a people deliberately look to God to strengthen us with with knowledge that passes knowledge, the, the experience of his love, of tangibly knowing and exploring the love of God, it brings us into a place where our faith is released to be able to expect him to do exceedingly abundantly above. Faith works by love. So be trying to have faith outside of this love experience is always going to be a struggle. But if you allow God to love you, to fill you to overflowing and fill you with all the fullness of God, faith is just released. It's the, the natural outworking. And I've been, um, this, this word fullness has been rolling around in my spirit. I've been, as I said, reading through whole books of the Bible um, in a sitting just to, to get the context and then going back and, and looking at, uh, di- at different scriptures in different versions. Sometimes I find it easier if I'm reading a whole book to read it in the NLT because it's just easy language to, to get as a, as a whole book. And then I'll go back and look in different translations and, and study it where the Lord leads. But I believe that the Spirit of God is inviting us in to abundant life. He's inviting us into a fullness that we've never yet really grasped a hold of. We're in the middle of a global awakening. The Spirit of God is awakening our hearts. We're beginning to see things like we've never seen it before. And it's so exciting to be around people who are just enjoying God and they're enjoying uh, reading the Word of God and, 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 and saying, this is, this is what He says. For often we read the Scripture with filters on. Things like, you know, they, they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If any of you is sick, uh, call for the elders of the church and lay hands on, the elders will lay hands on them, anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith will make the sick person well. We read that and we go, oh yeah, that's good. When in fact, God wants us to look at that and go, awesome, brilliant. I mean, my son, when he was, um, when he was just little, I remember going to the hospital uh, for a hospital visit and I took him with me. And he, and he tugged me and he said, mommy, mommy. And he was really worried. I said, what's the matter, darling? He goes, aren't these people Christians? I said, what do you mean, sweetheart? He said, they're sick. Now, don't let me, I don't want you to be offended by that. And I was like, shh, shh, shh. 
But the reality is God wants us to look with childlike eyes at the scripture again. Instead of looking at it with filters and going, well, you know, that only applies in certain situations and, you know, da, 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 there's all sorts of reasons that people are sick, da, da, da. God wants us to drop all the adult thinking about the word of God and humbly come and look at it raw like little kids. Yes. Amen? Yes, and and. I've got, I've got a bunch of these all around me. We've got a few people who live with us. Uh, Nathaniel and Haley live on our property and, and Andrew Cheese with us at the moment. We all do devotions together in the morning. And they are just raw in their, they're like They can't stay away from the scripture. They're just, just around, gathering around it all the time, talking about, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And it's so encouraging to be around people who are, you know, reading the word of God with, with unveiled faces. Hallelujah. Looking at it and seeing the truth of what God's saying. But I believe that in this, in this fullness, God is wanting us to embrace the full uh, school of the spirit that he has us in. That his delight is to lead us in consecration. His delight is to lead us and teach us what holiness looks like. Sometimes people uh, live their Christian lives taking a bit of, uh, finding a truth that's real and beautiful, but they, they live just looking at that one truth. And it's like trying to survive just eating bananas. Bananas are good for you. They're healthy for you. They're good to eat. But if you never ate anything but bananas, you'd probably get some deficiencies. I mean, I'm no nutritionist, but the reality is you weren't made to live on just bananas. In the same way, you aren't meant to live on one revelation. God wants you to see the whole picture. He, he does, he da, he, every day he has got daily bread laid up for you. He says, pray this, give us this day our daily bread. It's not just natural bread. He wants to give that. But he also wants to give spiritual bread for you. Every day he is dealing with me, doing new things. Some days it is just overwhelming me with his love and his kindness. In fact, that's every day. Hallelujah. And there's some days that, that he's, he's opening my eyes to see things that I haven't seen before and going, whoa, God, my thinking's been all wrong about that. I heard um, Bill Johnson, and I shared this on, on the, uh, during the week. He, he said that if there's any area of your life where you don't have the joyful anticipation of good, that area of your life is under a lie. It's under the influence of a lie. And it was just so encouraging me to, to be thinking about this as I was reading Hebrews. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I began to really think about it. You know, when I walk into a room, how am I feeling? What am I thinking? Am I ha do I have a joyful expectation of good? Do I actually believe that it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me? If that's the case, how am I going to behave? I'm not going to walk in insecure and just, I hope I'm going to be okay. I hope nobody judges me. I hope, nobody, I hope people are friendly. I don't walk in with, with an insecurity. I walk in with a faith that says, yes, I've got a joyful expectation that if, if this is true, 
Christ is in me. It is no longer me who live, but Christ lives in me. As he is, so am I in this world. God wants me to get out and explore in faith before I even get into the room what it's going to look like when Jesus walks into the room. So the next time that I have, you know, a family dinner or, you know, a consuls meeting or whatever it is, instead of me walking into the room and, and, and feeling like, oh, you know, I wonder what everybody's thinking or if I walk in there having prepared beforehand in faith, Lord, this is what I believe. It's no longer me who live, but Christ who lives in me. As you are, so am I in this world. What's it going to look like? When they greet me, what's it going to look like when they hear the sound of my greeting? What's it going to look like when I shake their hand? If it truly is that Christ is in me, that it's not me who's living, but Christ lives in me, how is that going to impact people when I, when I shake their hand? What's that really going to look like? If we take, a t- take the time to explore in faith, what we are reading, what we are uh, believing, and actually lay a hold of it. I believe that we will see radical shifts out of theory into the practical realm. You're very quiet. I believe that the Spirit of God is wanting to take us and, and cause us to step out of the boat and walk on water. He wants to take it out of the, out of the, the realm where we, we read it with the filters on. And he actually wants to rip the filters off and say, now, come on, arise and shine. Let's turn there. Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory shall be seen upon you. That's for me. And that's for you. But we read these things and we go, yes, I know that scripture. I've memorized that. I understand that. And God is saying to us, arise, get up. I want you to shine. I want you to steward what you have. And I want you to begin to release the very glory that is within you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in me. If, if that is the case, who is God to you? How does God make you feel? What happens when you spend time with God? His perfect love comes and it casts out your fear. So the next person I meet is going to be impacted with the love of God that's going to make them feel safe. That's going to make them feel the love and the acceptance of God. When I shake their hand, instead of them sort of just not feeling anything, I am am going to have a joyful anticipation of good. I'm going to expect that they're going to be impacted with the very presence and the life of God. This arising and shining is a command. It's not just a good suggestion. It's not saying this is something that will automatically happen. This is something that you have a choice to do. You know, I believe in this awakening, it's like a big dinner bell is being rung. And God is saying, 
Oh, I've got some good things for you. I have laid up a banqueting table for you in the presence of your enemies. I want you to dream my dreams. He says, exceedingly abundantly above all you can even ask, hope, or imagine. I tell you, I can ask, hope, and imagine a whole lot. God says, just so far above that, I have got for you. This is the dinner bell. This is the invitation being rung. And we have a choice to either sit and go, yes, that's true, I believe that, that's good. Or to actually get up, arise and shine, to take a hold of it and say, yes, God. I not only uh, theoretically agree with that, but Lord, I choose. Instead of being dictated to Two, by how I might feel when I wake up, I am going to declare this is what I believe. This is the truth. Because the only weapon the enemy has against us is deception. He, he throws it around us and, and tries so hard to make you forget the truth because it's only in his light that we see light. And God's delight is to, to reveal to us, to make his face shine on us so we can see light. The enemy's desire is to try and throw lies at you and get you distracted so that you stop looking there because when you're looking there and you are in the light and the truth is flooding you, nothing can stop you. God is for you. Who can be against you? That is the truth. So the enemy, he comes and he tries to deceive us. He tries to get us to, to look at things as though, well, you know, we'll put a filter up of deception that that doesn't truly apply to me. Or, you know, there must be a whole lot of conditions attached to that. Or, you know, I'm just tired and really I just need to look after myself and, you know, eat pizza and, and watch DVDs and just have a few days just to sort of, you know, lick my wounds. It's called a pity party. It's very unfun. The enemy dresses it up. It's going to be fun. This is going to be good. Come and have a pity party. You deserve it. <laughs> and God said, hello, I've got good works laid up in advance for you, exceedingly abundantly above. This is the life I've got for you. You need to choose. You need to choose. When the enemy comes and he wants to sell this little life to you, where you survive and you go to church to, you know, get a bit of a fix to help you keep going. I am not interested in living a life where God is an additive because it is a life of frustration. Because if you taste a little bit of truth and you don't wholeheartedly have it, you will live in supreme frustration. You'd be better off not messing with it than not willingly giving your life. You know, I believe that's a that's a strong statement, but you know, it's you look at the Bible, it's, that's what it says. You know, he says if you're not willing to lose your life, you'll never find it. But if you are willing to trust that God's plans for you are exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask, hope, or imagine, the plans that I have for you, he says, are to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Do you believe that? If you do, then God says, now this is how I want you to lead you into it. Just let me be the boss. Let me be the Lord. Why don't you acknowledge me? Because I'm going to lead you. Day by day, moment by moment. 
instead of feeling like you are not measuring up and you're not doing well enough and getting condemned, God is wanting to lead you into everything you need to be full of peace, full of joy, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, I have days when there's things that go wrong. I get emails and I get stuff going on. I got to do, I can, I can easily get overwhelmed. Every day I have opportunity to easily get discouraged or get overwhelmed. But I tell you, that's not fun. And it doesn't help anything. If instead I get up and I go, okay, yeah, I've got all that going on. I've got this situation, I've got that going on. I am going to choose to have a joyful anticipation of good. Hallelujah. I'm going to get up and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I am going to arise. I have a choice. I can sit in the ashes and I can throw them over me and I can ring somebody up and tell them how terrible it is. Or I can get up. I can go out. I, I, I like to walk with God. And whether it be in the cool of the evening while the sun sets on or, you know, I I actually need three meals a day and snacks when it comes to God. You know, I just, I need all the help I can get. But I have to, I have to make a choice. Am I going to live, you know, with the attitude, oh, I had a bad night's sleep. I feel terrible. Just leave me alone. Or am I going to realize that today is a gift from God? He has good things laid up for me. I have a choice to sit and wallow or I can get up and arise and shine. And as I do, you know, I was with my interns the other night and um, I was just asking them, I was challenging them. I said, how do you encourage yourself? How do you keep on fire and not just settle? What is it that each one of you do? Because I wanted them to have deliberate strategies to make sure that they live not just just surviving, but absolutely burning continuously, not, not going from high to high, but living, con- going from glory to glory, not up and down, but, but maintaining fire, maintaining passion. I said, what do you do? And... Um, you know, we went around the circle and different people said different things. And Nathaniel said this. He said, whenever I'm, I'm feeling the passion start to die down, he says, I go out and I, I share the gospel. I go out and I witness to somebody. I go out and I reach out to somebody else. And you know, the truth is, I've done this with many of you here and you know it. Where there's a gift of God on your life, you've gone through difficult circumstances. I've said, get up, go and pray for that person. And you're like, oh, I don't deserve this. I'm going through stuff. I say, this is going to help you. Because if you give, if you start realizing actually who you are and what you're made to do, instead of buying the lie that you are defined by the circumstances that have happened to you, if you begin to wake up and remember, it is no longer you who lives. Whatever's gone on, it's irrelevant. This is the truth. As Christ is, so are you in this world. And you are created as a minister. You are created for good works in Christ Jesus. Amen. Every one of us are created to release the glory, to release the life of God. You have the opportunity every day, whatever you do, to do it with an attitude. I am ministering to Jesus. If I get up and make porridge for the family in the morning, it's not like somebody else should be doing this. I do this every morning. 
If I get up and I make porridge, I'm making it unto Jesus. Because as I do it to the very least of these, my beautiful family, God bless them, I love them. I'm making porridge because, and I'm doing it saying, God, as I minister to them, you say, I am ministering to you. Oh, God, oh, what a privilege to serve you, Jesus. It's true. When I get to do something, instead of like, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. It's like, I get to do this for Jesus. I get to, do, I get to bless you. Sometimes in worship, I get frustrated because I remember one night just worshiping God and, going, and running out of words to tell him how much I loved him. Have you ever found that? And, and you know, tongues is great, can take you higher. But I was, I was like, oh God, I just so desperately want to minister to you more. I want to bless you more. I just, ah, I want to bless you more. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? And the Lord spoke to me. He said, love your husband. I said, I do. But as I'm kind to him, as I serve him, as I, whatever I do to, to bless him, God was saying, you are ministering to me. You are blessing my heart. I just, I just, I'm like, I'm in a spiritual moment, God. What are you doing? Talking about ironing shirts and stuff. Like, but I knew, you know, as I, whatever I do is I, God wants my whole life. He wants my, he doesn't want a spiritual part of me and a natural part. He wants fullness. He wants to saturate me and surround me with his presence. He wants me to live a life and a life more abundant. And I get to do that with having my thinking shift. Hallelujah. That I am truly not going to just be blown about by whatever circumstance might be happening. But I am going to choose daily to arise and shine. Hallelujah. To release the glory. To let God love through me. Because as I do it to... If if I give somebody a cup of water, a righteous man, a cup of water in the name of God, I've done it to him. And there's a reward to happen. It's just like, wow. Wow. But God, God's delight for us is he wants to bring us into a place where he has it all. He has it all. It all belongs to him. He's looking for a life where we lose our lives to find him. Hallelujah. Now, I was reading Matthew chapter 7 today. That's a challenging chapter. It's a good chapter. It's good for my soul. Matthew, have some Matthew chapter 7 and it'll really help you. Shaka bahaba talks about not judging and also says the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life says you prophesy and you do miracles in my name and many many of them i'll say depart from me i never knew you You go whoa that's heavy god but it's beautiful because god's saying i'm not looking for your doing i'm looking for your heart Because if I've got your heart, you will be fruitful in good works. Hallelujah. But if you try and approach it from the other side, you're an offense to me. God is looking for a people who will will look with unveiled faces, who will deliberately 
you know, steward what he's giving. If you want to fellowship with God, you read the word of God, you are fellowshipping with God himself because the word is God. Hallelujah. When you spend time walking with God, you're fellowshipping with God himself. He wants to restore your soul. He wants to undo the knots. He wants to, he's got everything you need. But if you only give him a part, you only get just banana. God, God has a, and I hate to use the word, but he's got a program and it's called everything. His program for you has all different components for your whole life. He's, he knows how to deal with every single aspect of your life. You give him five minutes, you're only going to see a snippet of the fullness of what he wants for you. But if you give him your life... And say, God, as I go off to work, I'm doing it unto you. I'm walking with you. I'm just cultivating an awareness of your presence with me. Hallelujah. I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. You know, you, you develop an awareness of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Your words, you, 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 are, you, you live in a reverential fear of God that I don't want anything that coming out of my mouth because he's right here and I don't want to grieve him in any way. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't no longer have the desire of, of complaining and whinging and carrying on because that is this yucky low life and God's called me to this glorious, shining, bright, abundant, righteous life. I believe that the Spirit of God is calling us higher. That was, a, that was such a godly word today, that prophetic word, but we need to have ears to hear. Let the Spirit of God grip a hold of you. Let him, let him come. Let him love you. There is no condemnation for you. You've been set free from sin. You've been set free from your old nature. You're not even trying to wrestle your old nature. You simply need to embrace violently truth. Heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. If you are apathetic about your Christian walk, the lies are going to come like clouds. But you need by, by faith and by a proactive attitude that, yes, I am going to arise. Even though the clouds are around me and I feel like this, this is the truth. I'm going to get up. I'm going to bless the Lord. Come on, soul. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord on my soul. Forget not all his benefits. With thanksgiving, I'm going to enter into his courts with praise. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to honor you today. This is the day that you've made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. If you will recognize that you were not called to coast, but you were called to arise and shine, you will walk in the victory that God has already given to you. But if you will live an apathetic life, it's like, oh, you know, I'll just see how it goes. You will be surrounded by the clouds of deception. It's remarkable how quickly you can forget. You know, the Bible says that the word gets sown and the birds of the air, they come to try and steal it away. The enemy comes to steal away what was sown. So you have to you have to guard it and say, get off. In the name of Jesus, I am, this, is, this is the truth. I'm going to contend for it. Daily, I need it. Just like the manna that fell in the wilderness. They, they couldn't store it up from day to day, they ha- except on the Sabbath. They had to every day go out and get it. God provided for them, but unless they actually went out and got it, 
You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You've got to get up. You've got to go and eat. Hallelujah. You've got to go and get it. You've got to go and have it. And in the same way, with the, with the kingdom of God, it suffers violence. It's like it's inviting you to come and take it by force. I've laid this banqueting table before you. I have promises for you that the dead are going to be raised, that demons will, be, will flee as you, as you come in the name of the Lord Jesus. You lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Or you can just live down there. If you live down there, you're going to live with a holy frustration that's going to cause you misery. This, the kingdom, is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. It's exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope, or imagine. Yes, there's persecutions, but there's the joy of knowing, ha, 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 God makes all things work together for my good. Hallelujah. Some people tell me, oh, I'm a bit nervous about, you know, really, you know, going full on for God because I don't want to invite all the, you know, the attacks. Have you ever heard people say that? Oh, you know, I just, oh, I just don't want to, you know, really step out because I just, you know, I've been through so much. I don't want to invite any more attacks. I've got news for you. He's going to attack you anyway. He hates you. And the further that you get lagging behind, the more of a target you become. He goes after the stragglers. He hates you. He hates you if you weren't a Christian because you were made in the image of God. And he knows that if he touches you, if he hurts you, he's hurting the heart of the Father. So the heart of God for you. You know, the Israelites... They were told to go and wipe out all the ites, all the Perizzites, Ammonites, whatever. And the ones that he didn't, the ones that he, they didn't wipe out, they didn't leave them alone. They kept attacking them. Generationally, they kept attacking them. If you don't deal with it, it's not going to leave you alone. Oh, I'm not going to fight. Well, you get beaten up. But if you choose to arise, you choose to shine, God's, God's on your side, is right there with you saying, hey, guess what? I got this for you. And he, he prepares you. He shows you. He, he goes before you like a fire, burns up all his enemies. There's nothing that will, will um, overtake you or harm you. Hmm. I believe the Bible. And I want to invite you to believe it too. You know, when you say, well, I've done that, I've tried that, and I got disappointed. I want to encourage you. Psalm 131 says, My heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither will I trouble myself with weighty matters that I don't understand. But like a weaned child, I'm going to rest on your breast and say, Hope in God, Israel. It's a simple position that messes with your mind. Your mind wants to go, but, but, but. God says, I want to be the answer, the answer, the answer. Yes. He says, I don't want you looking at the whys. Why not? What about this? Why go why? When go when? How go how? He says, I want you to look to me because I'm the answer, the answer, the answer. I'm the answer. I want you to have a joyful anticipation of good. Any thought that you're having that isn't a joyful anticipation of good is under the influence of a lie because the word of God says, the plans I have for you 
are to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. The plans that I have for you are exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope, or imagine. The word of God says that I make all things work together for your good. He says, I've laid up good works in advance for you to do. He says, with long life, I will, pro- I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. In my presence, there is fullness of joy. You either believe it or you let the enemy come in. He comes and knocks on the door and says, I have a cold. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm going to get some tissues and I'm going to get some DVDs. (laughs) Or he can say, this is the truth that I believe. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I'm asking that you would grant us grace, Spirit of God, to fully embrace the fullness of your word, the fullness of who you are and what you say. God, our delight, Father, is to know you in the fullness of all that you are. God, we're asking that you would fill us with all the fullness of God. Lord, we ask that you would help us to feast on a full diet of the fullness of all that you offer. Lord, that we wouldn't just take a bit, oh God, but we would be fully satisfied as we drink deeply from your wells of salvation. God, we're asking, Holy Ghost, that you'd come and you'd surround us. Lord, that you would cause our hearts to be captured by you. Draw us after you and let us run together, Father, I ask in your precious and holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence.